Roll that beautiful theme music. Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language. It is intended for immature adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. you guys know I now work in a prison and something that the custody officers use on our inmates is something called OC which is like extreme grade pepper spray just pure capsaicin cayenne pepper whatever shit they put in it big time mace and we found out you're not a fan I am not because uh, I had my first experience with it the other night. First of many, I'm thinking, in your future. Y- yeah, probably. Because I've heard many nurses say, oh, I can't stand that shit. It makes me want to throw up. I get sick to my stomach. Well, I was not expecting it when I was told by our officer outside of outpatient, which is where I'm usually at, that they need a nurse up in mental health. And I'm like, what for? They didn't say, they just need a nurse. So I'm like, okay. So I trot my little happy ass over to mental health. And uh, as you probably know in prisons, we have what are called sally ports. Where you have two doors and those two doors cannot be opened at the same time. You have to have one closed before the other one opens. Otherwise you risk letting prisoners out. So I get in the sally port that's the main entryway into mental health. And our mental health office or wing, whatever you want to call it, is split up with two sides on an upper floor and a lower floor. So there's different ranges. Oh, let me jump in. I think I mentioned it to you, but I knew a guy that worked at a prison. Mm -hmm. And he has that problem at home with the doors. Where he has to close one before another one opens. In his house, like he cannot (laughs) leave a room until he makes sure the the door on the other side of the room is closed. And he will not, like, he has to walk mm-hmm. over, close it. Like, right now, we have the bathroom right here, and then we have the door into the hallway. If he uses the bathroom and wants to go out in the hallway, he has to close this door mm-hmm. before he'll go out in the hallway. He says it's just a thing he has to do. Otherwise, yeah. he feels like he's doing something wrong. Yeah, in the prison, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Because you may be in a rush to get to where you're going in the prison, but you're at the mercy of the control officers that are controlling the doors. <laughs> So and I security is a big deal. So yeah, I, I get it. it. It's get kind it. of important. Kind of a little bit. So uh I, I get in this Sally Port area where there's three doors. There's the one main entrance and then the one door to the left that goes to one range and the one to the right that goes to the other. And I'm standing outside the range that I need to go to, and I'm like, get this tickle in my throat. What the fuck? Sort of like when you get like a popcorn kernel husk like stuck in the back of your throat where you just feel like you have to cough and you can't stop coughing i mean i didn't notice anything else i didn't notice any smells my eyes weren't burning my eyes weren't watering i just had this tickle in my throat and i started like coughing i was like that's fucking weird and i'm standing there waiting on this door to open and as i'm looking through the little window in the door 
I see like the guards and the detailers, which are inmates who like work for the prison. They do different jobs. Like trustees. Yeah. They uh, clean up or they help with arranging things. They're basically working while they're in the prison. And they're all coughing and wiping their eyes. The detailers like gagging. And I'm like, what the fuck? Honey, these are all red flags. These are all signs. (laughs) And it still wasn't clicking to me. And I'm just like, (coughs) I got this cough in my throat. I expected there to be like a smell or something. No. (laughs) You can just see you walking by. And there's like a trusty like gagging. And he seriously, he was like holding a broom, just like, uh, uh. And you're coughing, you're like, something's going around, huh? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I'm looking around through this window, like, what are they all gagging at and shit? And why am I coughing? And I look down through this window and I see bloody footprints on the other side are of the door. Al- are you allowed to be talking about this right now? Yeah. Okay. I'm not releasing any information. Okay. This is just. In general, um, I, I see bloody footprints on the floor and I'm like, okay, something happened. And then it dawns on me. I was like, oh, fuck. They had to spray somebody. And as soon as I think that, the door opens and I'm just hit with this Boom. overwhelming, <laughs> like, it wasn't even like a smell, but just like gagging and like my eyes are watering and I'm like what the fuck is going on and I look to my left and there's like this big bloody pool on the floor and I'm like what the fuck happened here (laughs) it's like I walked into a fucking murder scene and I can't breathe and they're like he's over there (coughs) I'm like what the hell and so uh I go into the exam room and you know they got a guy who was on a Who's not having a good day. Who's not having a good day. Uh, earlier in the day, evidently, this guy had cut his wrist. And the doctor, I had seen the doctor in there taking care of him, but I wasn't the actual nurse that was with him while it was happening. The doctor had stitched his wrist up. And evidently, this guy not only opened that wound back up and left one stitch remaining, uh, which went completely across his wrist down by the base of his palm, but then he also cut a new wound into his wrist above that. And it's gaping and gross and nasty. And I'm trying to observe it through my blurry eyes (laughs) while hacking and coughing. I'm just like, yeah, he's going to have to go down to outpatient because I can't do this here. (laughs) So then I start to head back while they're getting him ready. And once again, while waiting on a Sally Port door, they managed to catch up with me. So then all of this spray that's on him is following me. And I felt like, who's the dirty kid on Peanuts that has the smoke cloud following oh, him? Oh, God. Who is that? Is it Linus? It's Pigpen. Pigpen. That's what I felt like. Pigpen was following me. <laughs> and me and these officers and... There's two on each, one on each side of him. So there's two of them. And then a third one, like filming the whole thing. Cause they have to document everything, make sure we're doing what we're supposed to do. <laughs> and I got pig pen following me, except it doesn't just, it doesn't just smell bad. No, we're all like, <coughs> and rubbing our eyes all the way back to outpatient. Sweetie, did you know that makes it worse? What? Rubbing your eyes. Your whatever chemicals in the air when you do that, you're pushing it into your eyes. It makes your <laughs> eyes water more. 
Well, like, luckily, whenever, whenever I got gassed when I was in basic training, whenever I got gassed, anybody who ever went in the army, I don't know anybody at the other branches. I'm sure the Marines do it as well. But when you get gassed, we had to come out flapping our arms mm-hmm. because if you touch your hand, like it's on your skin. Well, see, so it was on that, him. So I luckily, I didn't really have it on me. So me rubbing my eyes wasn't a big deal. Oh, okay, good. But a lot of the officers I saw like rubbing their eyes because they were in like this contained unit with all of this OC spray just floating around in the air. And it was just, it followed me the whole way back to outpatient. And I was just like, holy fuck. I mean, even even the guy that did this to himself, he was like, can I get a new smock? Because he couldn't quit spitting and hacking stuff up. It was, it was quite an adventure to um, end our shit show of a day that we had had. <laughs> So that that's how I spent my day at work the other day was experiencing OC spray. And I made lasagna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I came home and went to kiss Billy to say hello and he's like, No, I don't want it on me. <laughs> I think I damn near literally put my hand in your face and like yeah, push you back. Like, like, no, 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 don't do that. Don't just <laughs> We'll just give each other a head nod. Yep. Like, go away. Good evening to you, ma'am. <laughs> Yeah, so I got to experience what that's like, and uh, yeah, I, I, it, when I did that, I really hoped you didn't take it personally. No, you went the lead, I was like, "Get the fuck away from me!" <laughs> <laughs> Just back the fuck up away. Billy knew what was coming, and I did not. They did not warn me that that's what I was going to be walking into. Uh, they just said, "Hey, we need a nurse," and I went, "Okay," and trotted my happy ass up into a fucking mist of mace. And that day, we actually had planned to do a crossover episode with Kate from Ignorance Was Bliss. It's a great podcast. And um, I already knew when she texted me and was like, uh, was something like, got, like, got maced or something. <laughs> got ma- yeah, we, just walked into some can't mace. Stop, can't stop coughing, trying to get better, leaving soon. And I was like. Okay, love you. Be careful, bye. Yeah. And, so, but as soon as I got the test, I was like, okay, there's no way. Yeah, so I was happening. still coughing like on my way home. And I was like, there's no way we can record an episode with me hacking and coughing with mace everywhere. So uh, we're sorry, Kate. We apologize. And then the next night we tried to reschedule. And then we had internet issues. And uh, for our patrons who already know this... Uh, we've had some plumbing issues and they've cut a hole in our living room wall to get to pipes. And the next step will be jackhammers to get into our floor. Actually, so. at this at this point, <laughs> I have never done this before. If you're not Kate from Ingersoll's Bliss, skip ahead. Kate, I am sorry. <laughs> We're going to have to have our modem fucking replaced. Yeah. And I I think it's just, it's been doing this all week. Like, I'll be in the middle of watching a movie, and then it makes that buffering signal. Yep, and I'm like, we fuck, lose lost it again. We sat here, and we're setting up. We were prepared to record with her, had everything set up, and lost the internet, like, I don't know, three or four times. And Billy reset the modem, modem and then we'd come back, and it'd connect, and then lose it again. And it yeah, was just... Yeah, I reset it twice. I did a hard start by unplugging it. They're just going to have to come and replace it. It was a clusterfuck. So that's how my week's been. How's yours? You asking me or the Snuggle Bunnies? Whoever. How are you guys doing? How are you guys? How are you? Before we get started, I do want to say I got Christmas presents for the kids. Mm-hmm. 
um, for our youngest, I got a lot of toys, a whole lot of toys, right? Mm-hmm. And then groceries. And then remember when I told that kid to go fuck him, go fuck herself? Uh huh. This is kind of yeah. This is this kind is kind of along similar uh, along those lines. Not quite as harsh. So. We here at Martinis and the Macabre have decided to omit this next joke, as we found it too crude to share on this platform. And your editing stops now. So I was in the line, and the lady in front of me, uh huh, because I had to go to a specific line because I was getting alcohol for you, your gift set, your Kraken gift set. Yes, and it's awesome, you guys. There is a Kraken rum gift set, and the glasses on it show the Kraken up. In the sea, underneath the ship, and I didn't realize it until I actually used it when you pour the cold liquid in, that the Kraken actually gets, like, dark and black instead of gray, and it changes color from the temperature. It really blows her mind. It's fucking great. Anyway, so I had to go to aisle 11, and in front of me is this woman with her two kids. She didn't have enough stuff to, like, warrant the two-seater thing. It was like one was in the front seat because mm-hmm. he was small enough and the, the the older one was sitting in the cart you know so she didn't have a whole lot of shit uh-huh. and she was just they were being just assholes because it's walmart and that's, there's always that kid kids, that just yeah. won't shut the fuck up and anyway if if you're listening to this and you have a kid that just won't shut the fuck up at walmart i'm talking about you and your kid yeah anyway um beat their asses Somebody will, it's Walmart. Somebody <laughs> will come up and offer to do it. It's Walmart. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, you want me to fuck them up? Anyway, so the kids won't stop yelling, screaming. The kid in front is like trying to like lean back and try to fucking hit the other kid in the face. The other kid's like shrilling in the corner and I'm watching like, you're bigger than him. Fuck him up. I'm getting invested in it. <laughs> the kid tried to get up a couple of times. Mom had to like push him down by his shoulders and then put the fucking buckle him. I and you never see kids get buckled up in the front cart seat thing, <laughs> unless they're Hannibal Lecter. You don't strap them in. Was he Hannibal Lecter? May, he I might grow up to be one. Wow, Clarice. Anyway, so the 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 one in the cart in the bin is trying to lob shit into my cart. Because I guess he's fucking bored. The mom. He's going to be a football player, Billy. The mom. He's going to be OJ. He's going to be a basketball player. He was was like (laughs) Hail Marying Cheez-Its, you know. And it got to the point where the mom had like Matrix out of the way to not get hit, not to get Willie Beamed in the forehead. And I was like, oh, man, again with this. So she told the kids, she was like, you know what? All whatever is in here, that's all you're getting for Christmas. That's it. I'm done. And I was like, "Good for you." Look at you. Way to go, mom. Nice. So the kids started screaming relentlessly, like they were being fucking <laughs> murdered. And she was just over it. I felt bad for the mom. She was fucking over it. And so she. If you're a parent, you know what that feels like. You get it. That's when the terrorists win. You know. <laughs> You're just like, fuck it. Fuck it. You know, I could just... <laughs> There's that one part in your head, if you're a parent, you get this, is unless you're Dakota's mom, <laughs> where there's that one second where you're like, I could just walk away from the cart. They're yep. Just, I could just walk... They could just live here. They could just, just push the cart and have it glide into the bank or whatever you have in your Walmart. Some other family there, will There's some them. little 
storefront in the front of your Walmart. Every Walmart has one. Just give the Ours car, happens to be a bank. Just give the car a kick in the subway and just be like, find a family. <laughs> that, you have it for like a split second. Everybody does. You're on your own now, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so what I did was she went to the front and was unloading her stuff. And then she put up that divider. And then instead of getting the groceries, I looked the kids right in the eyes. And started taking toys and putting them on the fucking conveyor belt <laughs> right in front of them. And I was like, I looked at it like, look, look what you're not getting. Look what I have. Oh, I bet this fucking razzes you, don't it? Oh, I bet this bothers the shit out of you. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. So instead of telling little kids to fuck off, he just uh, waved shit in front of their faces like, ha ha. I psychologically punched him in the eye. <laughs> so uh yeah interesting week to say the least billy emotionally and mentally tortured a child tortured two, two, children. two, two children this time it was i was a, it was a twofer i was inadvertently maced and uh our living room walls cut open so jackhammers to come yay really sorry kate sorry kate I'm sorry, so sorry. I really do feel really bad. We've had to postpone this so many times. I'm so sorry. You put all the research in. I know. The research has been done for weeks. Let's do it. Let's get into this. All right. So, that said, fucking almost 20 minutes later, (laughs) welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast. Hey. Thanks for sticking in there, man. Thanks Thanks for keeping up. Plethora. Plethora. Welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name's Erica. I'm joined by my husband and co-host this evening, Billy. <laughs> you got maced. I got maced. Did not expect that. Was like, what is this itch in my throat? Oh, wait, there's blood on the floor. It must be mace. Just goes to show, so- when you wake up in the morning, <laughs> your day is not really planned out. Yeah, you guys could go to work. Not expecting to get maced. Now I'm under the realization that it could happen any fucking day. With no prior knowledge. (laughs) Your day's planned out for you. You just have to adjust. So, yeah. Fun stuff. Never thought I'd Hannibal Lecter two kids, but... (laughs) So, uh, as we said, we had to postpone with Kate on a very large, large case that we have uh, done the research and everything for. And when we realized yesterday that we were unable to do that because of the internet issues, we were like, hmm, we only have a few days to prepare, so what can we do? So, uh, with our episodes, we have binders, and we have them with little sleeves in them, so we have each episode with- We're fancy. With our, our, you know, outlines or whatever you want to call them, outline, script, whatever, and we- Put them in the little sleeves, and then we had some extras that were kind of thrown in the back. But those are from when we first started the podcast almost two years ago. So since then, uh, I've kind of grown in how I do research. And back then, an episode, you know, we did a lot of twofers because we didn't really have enough information to do a whole one-hour episode about that topic. And so a lot of the stuff that I had was just two or three pages, if that. 
So we just did uh, our most recent Patreon episode using one of those because it was a very short research topic. And I had another one that was a little longer, but it was something that we tried to cover once before and weren't able to. Um, So I pulled this one back out today and started kind of looking deeper into it and thought, well, maybe we can try this one because what else do we have? (laughs) So uh, this one is an unsolved case of a missing woman. And it's one that we've kind of put on the back burner for a while because it is an unsolved case about someone that's missing. It seems kind of touchy. But the circumstances around it are so fucking weird that it's something that I felt we could cover without being too completely offensive, even though that's kind of what we do. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of we're kind of um, going to Joe Nickel it. We're going to go balls deep. Balls deep. Um, and I kind of feel it's kind of damn near kind of a disclaimer. Um, this case is open. And we're going to do our best to make you laugh at this because I think that's the best thing to do yeah. is, is laugh at things that are horrible. Um, so we're going to kind of have Chances some- are, if you're still listening after 20 minutes of our bullshit, you know what we're about. Yeah. And that we mean absolutely no disrespect to any victim or family member of any victim. We're probably unless, we're probably going to do that. We're probably going to do that. We might, um, but we don't intentionally try to be mean or mean spirited or mean hearted or offensive. Right. The point I'm making is um, this is still an open case, and once we start talking about it, you can Google it on your own accord. And um, if you have any information or you know anything about it, please contact your local authorities or contact the authorities. And I will, I happened. will give you some yeah. information at the end to let you know, <clears throat> to let you know who you can contact or what you can do to maybe help if you have information. But let's have some fun. Let's try and have some fun. Billy's got research in his hand. <laughs> so. This is the case of Leah Roberts. The disappearance of Leah Roberts. Yes. Leah is a beautiful name. It is. It's the name of our niece. I love that name. I love our niece. I love all my nieces. I have one nephew, don't I? Yeah. Yeah, I love him. Yeah. My family makes boys. Your family makes girls. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. I have two sisters. That's proof. I could have been. At the last second. Yep. We had two boys. My sister had a boy. And then Billy's sisters each had two girls. So it's all girls over there and all boys over here. (laughs) Mom had two girls and me. Mm -hmm. Grandma had two girls. girls. Yep. It's all girls. You guys make girls? I don't. I make boys. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm surrounded by farts. Yeah. Yep. So, Cut for time. Leah disappeared March of 2000 under very strange circumstances. If anybody disappears, isn't it always under strange circumstances? Because they're not there where they should be. Well, I mean, if they leave if a they're note not and say, there, it's strange. I'm running away, don't try and find me, then it's not strange. Well, then it's, pretty, it's a pretty strange fucking letter. Or they're saying, I'm fucking leaving. We'll just agree to disagree on that one. I think you're weird. Strange is... Yeah, you're strange, too. Okay. Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's like somebody disappeared under strange circumstances. The strange circumstance is the disappearance itself. But that when strange. when we get into later in the story, you'll realize what makes this exceptionally strange. That's fine. But what I'm saying right now is I have a night guy at work. If he doesn't show up at work, show up at work you know what I'm going to say? That's strange. Because he's not where he's supposed to be. Any disappearance is strange in and of itself. You're not where you're supposed to be. Where am I supposed to be? For you to know, I swear to God, if you say you if you say out. if you say anything about clit, we're trying to do a podcast. Clit. Thanks. Billy doesn't like the word clitoris. I don't care for that word. Find that out on Patreon.com/slash Martinis in the Cob. <laughs> we just covered that. All right, so Leah had abruptly left home in Durham, North Carolina, on March 9th, and this was in 2000. And her wrecked Jeep was found March 18th along a road in Whatcom County, Washington, at the bottom of an embankment. So, Leah Toby Roberts was born July 23rd, 1976, and she was the youngest of three kids. She had a sister named Kara and a brother named Heath. When she was 17, her father was diagnosed with a chronic lung illness, which put a strain on her in college at North Carolina State University. Hey, her lungs... Yeah, but her father had a very serious illness. Yeah, okay. I don't want to sound insensitive, but I'm gonna. That's why they make Kleenex tissues. Okay. No, I mean, it's a bummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a bummer. But you can't be in college and drop your books like, oh, my dad's lungs. No, <laughs> because if, 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 if I was the dad, I'd be like, pick up your books. Because my lungs ain't working good. Get it? <laughs> yeah, I get it. My dad had a problem, too. Don't do this. You have your future. I'm dying, but that's me. That's not you. That's not you. Go to class. Get the, You drop the pencil. Pick up the pencil. Wow. Borrow one from your friend. Fuck it. Go. You're late. That's what I would do. Well, anyway, she was uh, majoring in Spanish and anthropology at North Carolina State University. And... This put a strain on her, but she was still in school. And when she was 20 and she was a sophomore, her mother unexpectedly died from heart disease. Around that time, she was also involved in a very serious car accident in which she punctured her lung and shattered her femur, ended up being hospitalized and had a rod put into her femur. Man, the family's not good with lungs. Why? Her dad had a chronic lung illness and she punctured her fucking lung. Oh, I thought you were talking about her mom. No, it's I'm like, just saying lung, snake eyes. That's what I'm saying. Is, is You're not doing well. She told her sister Kara that she felt certain that she was going to die at the time of the wreck and felt, quote unquote, born again in recovery, wanting to live her life to the fullest. That's what happens when you're in recovery. They recover you and you feel better. You kind of feel born again. I understand your chest balloons are kind of fucked up, but they're there to fix your chest balloons. And then you're like, oh, Spice for life. I got it. <clears throat> yeah, that's why you're there. I'm sure that's exactly what she said. It's like when you're, you know, when you get a knee replacement, you know, with the pins and the rods and the things and the things and the things, because I still have my knees. And <clears throat> but when it's healed, you're like, I feel like I can run. You can. That's why. It's because this shit got fixed. She began pondering spiritual issues and questioning the direction of her life around this time as she felt born again. Sure. 
But in the spring of 99, her father died three weeks before she was scheduled to enter a field program in Costa Rica. So since she's been in college, her dad was diagnosed with a bad disease, her mom died, she got into a bad wreck, and then her dad died. But despite all this, she decided to continue with the program, and she ended up giving Kara, her sister, POA over her bank accounts since she would be out of the country. I get it. In a way, I get it. If, if this has weighed on you so much and this has happened, this might be one of those things where it's like, you know what? I'm going to see this through. That's what they would want me to do is see this through. I'm going to do this this one time. I'm going to I'm going to do it. And, you know, that would be commendable. But it's strange because when she was just six months shy of earning her degrees, she suddenly dropped out of college. That makes me want to fight somebody. <laughs> That's okay. Seriously, just like. You're one or two semesters away. Just... That really bothers me. That really bothers me. You were right there. Yeah. And it's very strange that she would just give up everything that she put in and just within that last year, just drop out. Well, her brother and her sister tried to talk her into sticking it out the remaining six months, but she wouldn't budge about it. And so in lieu of studies, she learned to play guitar. She took up photography she began writing poetry in a journal and hanging out in coffee houses. Okay. All that stuff you could have learned on the side mm-hmm. for six months when you're in fucking college and about to earn your fucking degree. Oh, my, really? Yeah. <laughs> and around this time, she also got a kitten that she named B. Oh, good. Oh, a little baby kitten. <sighs> Whatever's going to happen from now on, I'm blaming the cat. It's the cat's fault. <laughs> remember, remember Son of Sam? Mm-hmm. The dog? Yep. Okay. All I'm saying is dog spelled backwards is God. And she got a cat and Egyptians... And cat spelled backwards is tack. Egyptians worship cats. They hold a power. She's not Egyptian. I know, but she has a cat. And the cat's kind of Egyptian. Really, when you think about it. If you don't believe me, just go to a pyramid and look at shit. There. Okay. I'm going to do that. It's a pyramid. It's not a pyramid. It's a sculpture. It's called the Sphinx. Or, to the layman, a Sphinx B. A Sphinx B? Like the cat. Was the cat's name B? Sphinx B. Sphinx B. Was her cat named B? Yeah. Okay. Well, then I just proved Did her cat have a human face? No. But what I'm well, saying- Well, the Sphinx did, Billy. Read a book. Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, she also began discussing the idea of emulating Jack Kerouac or like going on a road trip to the West with her friends, Janine Quiller and Nicole Bennett. Okay. Here's the thing. That's cool. You get cool life experiences and everything. But when you get to the West, guess what? You're in the West. You yeah. did it. What are what, what you, what you going to do now? Um, I guess I'm going to have a corn dog and then fucking go back home. What, what, what was the journey? Like... <laughs> I saw the biggest ball of wax. Yarn. That was fucking neat. Oh, yeah. I'll have a number three and um, onion rings instead of fries. We did it, gang. Look at that. It's the ocean. Never going to see this again. Well, you will if you go to the east and then you'll find the ocean again. Oh. Like, what What was the fucking goal? To see stuff? To experience stuff? When was You this? not wanted to go places to see stuff? No, no, no. You yourself have said, I've never seen the ocean. I have never seen the ocean. But you know what I could do? 
I can go on Google, click images, and just say ocean. And guess what I'm looking at? It's not the same as actually experiencing it. That's where sharks and dolphins and all the other sea life eat, shit, piss, and fuck in. Am I wrong? Very true. You got a point. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. It's (laughs) gross. I don't want to go into the ocean. It's disgusting. Are you saying you would have given up our opportunities in Colorado to not see the mountains to experience that? Well, the mountains are beautiful, and you can go there and not get eaten. No, there are bears. There's, there's bears. There's bears. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yep, yep. Fair yep. enough. But I could go on a mountain, or I could go home, back to Indiana, where we are. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> we They say muzzy. I say methsy. But I could just Google. We have VR now. I could go to the mountain. I could go to the top of Mount fucking Everest if I want to. I could do it right now. You couldn't in 2000. All I'm saying is... <laughs> I'm sorry she's missing. It's very unfortunate. And if she is ever found, I better, I fucking better, see one great goddamn poem about driving in a goddamn car and going to look at a lot of water. Alright. I don't like the word clitoris. <laughs> He does not. He likes the word vulva, though. It sounds like a nice instrument. Trombone, tuba, vulva. Vulva. Yeah. The vulva section is about to play. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds great. All right, so... Not percussion. That's the labias. (laughs) (laughs) My labia is not a drum. Subscribe to our Patreon. You know what we're talking about. Even a dollar, man. Find out what that labia be Find like. Find out what that labia be like. <laughs> Sometimes it be like that. <laughs> it is not. So, uh, anyway, on March 9th, 2000... I love your labia. <laughs> Leah took off in her Jeep with B in tow and without telling anyone. And that morning, she had talked to her sister, Kara, and they kind of made plans that they would be seeing each other soon. So, what, at the fucking ocean? No. They're going west. What's in the west? She's going west. No one knows that. In and out, in and out burger. Meet you at the In and Out Burger. She made plans with her sister and made it sound like she wasn't going anywhere. I swear to God, put in Mr. Miyagi and this is Karate Kid. How so? Cause they went from the east, moved to the west. Moving to the west is not the same as going on an adventurous road trip by yourself. All I'm saying is wax on, you bitches. Okay. So, uh, Leah... So far, this is not a better story than Karate Kid. I'm just going to put that out there right now. And, furthermore, we're in the holiday season. I'm going to go ahead and say Gremlins. Gremlins is better than what I'm hearing right now. Wow. I never... Dog on my topic. I'm not dogging on your topic, but I have never once read a book of fucking poetry and got in a car and left. With my cat. And we have a cat. She's out there. That's the last time you read a book of poetry, Billy. Uh, last book of poetry I read was in 2007. Yeah, so 11 years ago. But I read it. <laughs> I thought you said, I don't read, I'm read too. Yeah, there was nobody around. <laughs> 
It was forced upon you, huh? Although it was this great program. It's like um, this thing you sign up for. Uh, I forget the website. I would give it if I remember what it was. But um, anybody deployed, you go to this website. You can Google. I'm sure you can Google it. But you put down a book you like. And somebody stateside will buy it and send it to you. That's cool. It's like books for soldiers or something like that. And I wanted... um. Uh, I, I got two books because I'm a fan of M.C. Escher and I'm a fan of T.S. Eliot. And uh, somebody sent it to me and they sent me a direct email. I was like, I hope you enjoy what I got. And, and, and I really enjoyed it. And I hope you enjoyed it as well. And I, it really touched me. And I read it front to back. T.S. Eliot, front to back. Awesome. And tell you what, um, he wouldn't shut the fuck up. He had a lot of shit to say about fucking everything, <laughs> including cats. But that's a different. Okay. All right. So, uh, Leah and her friend, who was also her roommate, Nicole, they had agreed to babysit together the next day. So, Nicole went to her primary job that day and returned home to find that Leah's 1993 white Jeep Cherokee was gone, as well as Leah. Nicole thought nothing of it, as Leah had kind of been coming and going randomly since dropping out of school. Six months before. Oh. <laughs> So, at the babysitting job the next day, Leah didn't show up and had not come back home by the day's end. No one was able to reach her for several days. And finally, on March 13th, she was reported missing to Durham police. Nah, I understand why babysitters don't show up. There's kids involved. Nah, it's not even that. <laughs> it's, the, it's the father. I've seen porn. I know how it goes. The next day, Kara and Nicole searched Leah's room. He's all like, can I pay you with this? <laughs> Shut up. A large amount of her clothing was missing and suggested that she planned to be gone for a while. And she's like, well, I shouldn't, but this time. B was also gone and Leah had left a note, quote, I'm not suicidal. I'm the opposite, end quote. And again, mentioned Jack Kerouac. Because why the fuck not? <laughs> Which is, you know, odd. I'm not suicidal. I'm the opposite. It's just a strange phrase to be using. I'm going to make a word right now. Lifecycle. Means I'm high on life. I'm glad. But no, not me. I'm just saying the oh, definition. Oh, oh. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm very no. sad. <laughs> no, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> also on this note, uh, Leah had sketched the Cheshire Cat's grin. So, kind of strange. She had bundled up approximately a month's worth of her share of rent and expenses in cash, which suggested that she would eventually return. Since Kara still had POA, she searched Leah's accounts. Leah had withdrawn several thousand dollars on the afternoon of the 9th and used her debit card to pay for a motel room near Memphis, Tennessee. Movements were tracked by later purchases of food, gas, etc., which suggested that Leah traveled west on I-40 and then north on I-5 when she finally reached California. You know, this sounds like, just my opinion, I could be wrong. And if I am, feel free to call me out on social media. It's um, uh, Martinis and McCobb on Facebook, or Friends of the Martinis and McCobb on Facebook, or even... Um, Martini underscore McCobb? On Twitter. and uh, But it sounds to me like... And I feel bad that she's not around right now. I do. But it sounds like somebody who is really trying to be poetic. Maybe. Somebody who isn't, but really wants to wear that hat. 
where Jack Kerouac didn't. He just was that, you know? Mm-hmm. And somebody who, there are like hipsters, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And there are people who try to be hipsters, and that kind of makes it more off-putting, where it's like, ew, oh, don't, ew, type of thing. Where it's like, oh, she's a free spirit, and she, I came home and she was gone. Okay, that's the first sign something's wrong. She's not where she's supposed to fucking supposed to fucking be it's just to me it looks like um you're 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 kind of trying too hard to you're trying to be profound when you're not does that make sense but you're also looking at this from a person in their mid to late 30s compared to someone who's in their very early 20s yeah i know i was in my 20s once that one time yep that one time for 10 years Uh, but yeah, I guess I'm looking at it as an older man now, and I'm looking at it like, ah, stop. Fucking stop. What are you doing? Stop. You could have been like this your whole life. Jack Kerouac might have been like this his whole life. Hunter S. Thompson might have been like this his whole life. You decided this life when you dropped out of college six goddamn months before you were about... And now, now's the time you're going to fucking do this? Yeah. It's just, it's... I think... In my opinion, so far from what I've heard, you're just trying to be, you're, you're, you're trying to be too profound. And when you do that. I don't know that she's necessarily trying to be profound, but she feels like there's something she needs to do. Dropped out of school, got a cat, wanted to do what Jack Kerouac did and quoted him. Or she just wanted to do something because it's something she wanted to do, Billy. I don't think she's trying to come off as any certain way. I don't think she's trying to be poetic. I don't think she's trying to be profound. I'm not saying... uh, What I'm saying is... I'm sure what she felt was genuine. This all seems kind of forced. This seems like somebody in their 20s... Who lived their life the way they wanted to live their life... And then took one karate class... And then said, where's the octagon? No. Don't do that. Don't do that. Wax on, wax off. That's what you just said. And it's still just better. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we'll agree to disagree on that. The last purchase on Leah's account was for gas shortly after midnight on March 13th in Brooks, Oregon. And then after that, there was no more activity on her account. So... Her sister, Kara, and uh, her best friend, Susie, went to the coffee shops that Leah frequented to speak to people. And they learned that she had talked about Jack Kerouac and really liked his novel, The Dharma Bums, in which he had worked for um, the U.S. Forest Service as a fire lookout on Desolation Peak in the northern Cascade Mountains of Washington. And Leah had mentioned going there herself So they thought maybe that's where she was headed. So now on the 18th of March, which happened to be Kara's birthday, Leah still had made no contact and Kara kind of expected her to at least reach out to her on her birthday. But Kara instead received a note in her mail slot from the Durham County Sheriff's Office. Wait, did it it say like, I read this book from Jack Kerouac and look at this page? No. Volva, go. So, uh... So Leah had made contact and Kara received a note in her mail slot from the Durham County Sheriff's Office. And it requested that she call the Whatcom County Sheriff's Office in Bellingham, Washington. 
and she called and she learned that Leah's Jeep had been discovered in a remote forest, but no signs of Leah. And this was less than 50 miles from Desolation Peak, which is where they thought maybe she was headed because of Jack Kerouac spending time there. A couple jogging on Canyon Creek Road that morning had noticed articles of clothing on the side of the road next to a slight curve at the top of a slope. Some of the clothing had been tied to trees and branches at the roadside, and at the bottom of the steep embankment was the Jeep, severely damaged. Investigators from the Washington State Patrol determined the Jeep had been approaching 40 miles per hour or 64 kilometers per hour when it went off the road based on the path the car took and the extent of damage to both the Jeep and the trees. Contents inside the car were tossed around consistent with a multiple rollover, yet there was no blood or any other signs of injury to any occupant. That was weird. There were no shatter marks in the glass, no stretching of the seatbelts, Things that would most likely occur if there had been someone in the Jeep when it rolled over. Wait, they stretch? Mm-hmm. Isn't the point is to kind of keep you secure? Yeah, but it's still a massive force of your body being pushed against it. Remember when my sister got in that wreck and she had that huge bruise across her abdomen from the seatbelt? Yeah, that's what happens. Your body is being forced against that and it, it stretches. I mean, it's fabric. Okay. It doesn't seem like it's going to stretch, but when you have that much force behind it, it does. I get it. I guess if it was very, you know, solid, that's where, like, she, like instead of a bruise, she probably got ripped in half because it wouldn't give. I guess it has to give a bit to, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And since no one apparently seemed to be inside the vehicle when it crashed, it seemed to have appeared staged. Blankets and pillows were hung in the windows suggesting it had been used for kind of like a makeshift shelter after the wreck. Leah's passport, checkbook, driver's license, clothes, guitar, CDs, and other belongings were scattered in the surrounding woods. But $2,500 in cash was left in a pants pocket. And who puts that much fucking cash in their pocket? How do you even fit that much cash in your pocket? I've never held $2,500 in my hand ever in my life. Nor have you held platinum. We know this. You're right. Fuck, that makes me sad. (laughs) So, uh, this whole thing suggested that robbery had not been involved or a motive for her disappearance. Um, They did find a cat carrier and bits of cat food that were left in the vehicle, but no bee. Son of Sam. She did it. Did what? The cat did all this? Yeah, why not? (laughs) A box of the trip's mementos was found and provided a clue. A ticket stub for a March 13th showing of American Beauty at the theater in Bellingham's Bellis Fair Mall. This is in Washington. That is a good movie. This suggested that she had spent some time in the city following the last recorded stop for gas in Oregon, which was about a five to six hour drive from the actual gas station to Bellingham, Washington. Kara and their brother Heath flew out to help investigators. Um, The sheriff's office ended up putting a bunch of flyers around the town. And her siblings noted a restaurant near the mall that they thought maybe Leah might have gone to either before or after the movie. Was it named after Jack Kerouac? No. Police were led to two male customers who remembered Leah. And it actually sat on each side of her at the restaurant's counter that day discussing Kerouac and her plans. One of the men claimed she left with a third man 
that she called Barry and provided a description for a police sketch of him. The problem was, though, that no one else, including the other man that was sitting at the counter, recalled this third man or could corroborate the existence of a third man. So the Jeep was examined in a police garage by police and FBI. They became involved because she had crossed state lines. Oh, is this like a, like in movies? Like, you know how like the car or whatever is like in, a, in, in like an airplane hangar? Like I the, don't know that it would like have been a recreate, hangar. Like, like try to recreate the scene and how this would have looked type of thing so everybody could look through it. No, they would have just brought the Jeep into a garage and done their forensic testing on it. You know it. what I'm saying, though? Like, like, uh, I know the, what you're saying, and it's not the same. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they believed that she had been a victim of a crime for two reasons. The cash left in the pants pocket suggested she had not spent much time or money in Bellingham and likely had not been there very long before she actually disappeared. And then there was an engagement ring under the floor mat. Yeah. Her mother's engagement ring was found under a floor mat in the car. Her friends and family said that she wore it constantly and kind of treasured it as a connection to her late mother. She would not have removed it voluntarily, yet it wasn't taken. So the police theory was that she had been possibly injured in a car wreck and wandered off, maybe dazed or with amnesia. And I don't know why they thought this, considering there wasn't any evidence that anyone was in the car when it wrecked. But police spent two weeks in April searching a reasonable area around the Jeep that Leah might have made it to if injured. Even with two dogs and helicopters, there was no sign of her found. So what gets me is the fact that nothing was taken. That's weird. Yeah, that's very strange. And then the fact that shit was hung up on branches and in the car like someone had camped there. You know what I think of, like I'm picturing in my mind, I think of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. You know, like they use it as a shelter. Yeah. And why would someone be using this wrecked car as a shelter? It's very odd. Yeah. So, video footage from the last gas stop in Oregon showed Leah alone and in good condition. But several times she looked out in the parking lot, which happened to not be covered by cameras, And that could suggest that she had someone with her, that she was maybe looking out there out of possibly this third man, Barry. Um, Police did not think anyone had been in her car. There wasn't any evidence found that someone had been in there. And anyone else that could have possibly been traveling with her may have traveled separately. A few days after the Jeep discovery, a man called the sheriff's office and claimed his wife had seen her disoriented and confused at a gas station in Everett, which is closer to Seattle. As you would be if you were in a Jeep that rolled over. (laughs) But once the man made the statement, he appeared to panic and hung up without identifying himself. None Uh, of this makes sense at all to me. Yeah. Leah's sister Kara asked authorities to store the car in case clues could be found in the future once the initial investigation concluded. In 2001, Unsolved Mysteries ran a segment on the case, and it generated some new tips and reports of sightings around the U.S., but nothing really proved to be credible. Here he goes again. Here I am, Robert Estek. I'm wearing a trench coat. It is not cold outside, and yet it's not raining. Do, 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 do. 
I am in an alley. For some reason, it's smoky and the camera's working. Do 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 do. We remember. I'm just gonna let you keep going. I'm only watching because, like, I'm waiting on Alf to turn on. I'm waiting on Alf. I was like, all right, Robert, give me what you got. If you're a patron, you just heard this on our latest episode. That was the that was the connection. It was unsolved mysteries. <laughs> that was the musical stylings of your boy Billy. <laughs> I fucking did a jingle and it worked out perfectly. Do 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 do. <laughs> He's still going. <laughs> I could do this all day. He could. That's the sad part. I'm gonna when we turn these mics off. Uh, in 2006, Detective Mark Joseph, who had originally worked the case, passed it on to two newer detectives. They reviewed the case and discovered that the car and its contents had not fully been processed, and they set to doing so. The hood had never been opened or inspected in the beginning. <laughs> kind of important. When opened in 2006, they found that a wire to the starter relay had been cut. This would have allowed the car to accelerate without anyone pushing on the gas and confirmed early suspicions about the wreck being staged. Something they could have figured out from the fucking beginning if they just opened the hood. They also found a fingerprint under the hood and some male DNA on an article of Leah's clothing. This led them back to the man at the restaurant who claimed Leah left with the invisible Barry. While they were able to trace this man down... This man was a mechanic with a military background, which further raised suspicion, considering he's a mechanic and he knows how to work on cars, you know, like cut the starter wire and make it so that it can accelerate without someone pushing on the gas. You know, stuff that kind of relates. You know, um, mechanics in the military, they're pretty good. I remember um, this one time, uh, let me see, it was right before my first tour of Iraq, I heard a story of a mechanic who ordered parts for a Humvee, right? Mm-hmm. Every part. He, like, Ikea'd the shit out of this fucking thing. And when it showed up, he took the part home. He did one part at a time and built a Humvee in his garage. He just put one together because he knew it through and through. Like, that's how much he knew mechanics was he built one from fucking scratch. I'm talking everything. Everything, even the fucking engine. Like he ordered every individual piece so it wouldn't look suspicious. And then all he did was just forwarded it to his house and build a Humvee. For what purpose? I don't know. I think he's in prison, but you know. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think stealing worked, government property. I don't think it worked out, but at the same time, I'm like, God damn, that's good. Wow. Well, this guy had also moved to Canada in the interim, making the efforts to get fingerprint and DNA samples from him complicated. But as of 2011, he turned out not to be a match. Now, over the years, there have been repeat searches of the area with cadaver dogs and even metal detectors, which could possibly find the rod that had been placed in Leah's broken femur, but nothing has ever really been found related to this case. But in 2014, a mummified body was found in the same region that Leah disappeared. Now, Leah was five foot six, 
and had a metal rod, like I said, in her right femur. That seems like a, a big giveaway. Yeah, and it had been surgically placed in 1998. The body that they found had a rod in its right femur, and the rod's lot number was from a batch that was shipped in 1998, the same year that she had it placed surgically. Okay. But the body was estimated to be a five foot five human, but was identified as a male 33 to 55. And there's no way in the galaxy we occupy that that could be a mistake? Well, that's the thing. There's more telling me it's her than not. I kind of went down a Reddit rabbit hole today with this. Um, and what in the bones says it's male or female? It's the shape. What's your bone structure against mine? The main Muscle structure is different, but bone... The main thing that they look at as far as anthropologists are involved is looking at the pelvis. Uh, females tend to have a wider pelvis... Because they have to have a birthing canal to carry a baby. But if you never have a child. Males tend to be narrower. Even aside from that, there are typical, typical, air quotes, differences between male and female. And it's usually predominant in the pelvis, sometimes in the skull. But according to what I found, they said that they took DNA from it. And that definitively said it was a male skeleton. But part of this rabbit hole that I went up, down. Up. Here's the fucking. <laughs> here's the fucking is what if she was intersex and nobody knew it? There is a thing called AIS or androgen insensitivity where you can have male chromosomes, but you would externally look female. She would have the DNA of a male, but look female. Otherwise, it is a. One in a million odd coincidence that they found this mummified body that seems to match the height and have the surgical implant in the femur in the same region that she supposedly went missing, just completely misidentified as an older male when it could have been her. So, I mean, it could have been someone else, but what are the odds? Yeah. And there could be... Definitely error in the part of the scientist doing the test. Could have been. That's what I'm... Or, like I said, if she had some type of uh, androgen insensitivity or she was intersex or whatever you want to call it, where they would find chromosomes that relate to a male, but she was externally female and nobody knew it. I mean, she didn't have any children, so it's unknown if she could even bear children. That's the thing that gets me is, and I'm no expert by any means. The pelvis thing is what gets me. Is correct me if I'm wrong. Um, the to, skeletons have been if you have misidentified ex- as one sex and they turn out to be the sure, other. Sure, sure. But I'm saying like how to identify a female from a male by the pelvis. It, when you reach puberty, do your hips just widen and get ready? Do you feel it? You know how like a person turns into a werewolf in a movie. Does it that it, does that just happen, or do you have to have do you have to be pregnant? Because no. when you're pregnant, the weight is on your pelvis and your pelvis has to move. No, the shape of the bones is typically, and I say typically with air quotes because it's not always the case, but the majority of the cases, women have a different shape to their pelvis than men have. Now, after you've had children, 
that space, the pelvic basin, is even further widened because you've bore children. So it's easier to determine a female after they've had children because of that extra space. So, But if you haven't had children, there's still typically a difference between male and female pelvises. But there's also slight differences in like the skull, the jawline, things like that. There's also certain traits that I, I read today where someone from Asian descent, there's like something, I can't remember what it's called, but a certain way that's like, the incisor teeth are shaped, and it's typically an Asian trait. But I read that, you know, people said, well, their dentist told them that they have this trait, but they had no clue that they had any Asian ancestry in them. So there are certain things that you would typically see in a certain gender or race, but could be completely misconstrued. You think that's how it is, and it's not what people expect. I mean, the whole thing could have been wrong from the beginning because what we're all going off of is a coroner who was called in and looked at something and said... An anthropologist, but then they also still, have a separate lab saying, well, we took DNA and it's saying it's male. So if that's the case, okay, either... the DNA part I get. Either but are, they were... Are, are you suggesting that toddlers, toddlers, when they mm-hmm. first learn to walk, mm-hmm. a boy and a girl who just started walking, her hips are different than his... Typically, yes. Really? Yes. There's okay. a, there a different shape to the pelvic bones. I stand corrected. Males have a typically longer, narrower pelvis line. That's why if you see like um, drag queens, they dress up as females, but they don't really have the hips you would typically see on a female, regardless of whether a female's had children or not. There's usually kind of a straight body line, this, you know, just straight down, no hips. But in females, there tends to be a little more of a curve, whether you've had children or not. So can Just a, because the female pelvis is a little more flared to the sides. So can a man not have feminine hips? I'm not saying that it can't. It's just not typical. Okay. So, you know, that's one of the many questions I mean, it, is... I, I, I'm starting to believe more of the intersex thing if the DNA came back as male. Mm-hmm. But the thing that gets me is like, did you kill a guy and then somehow surgically put a plate on there from 1998? That seems pretty thin and stretched. It's it's awfully... I mean, if it, if it truly is some other guy that just happened to be found dead mummified that's in the, the same region I've ever fucking and happened of. to have... A metal rod put in their femur on the right side, whose lot number matches a batch that was sent out in 1998, the same year that she had hers put in, the chances are fucking astounding. So are you saying we found her? Definitively, are you saying that we found her? I can't say that we have, but I'm saying it can't be discredited. I'm curious as to whether, since her parents were both deceased... If maybe they could take DNA samples from her siblings and compare the two. I was unable to find whether that's ever been done or not. I would think that it's something that I would hope that investigators would at least consider, yeah. look at, say, you know, I mean, there's cases of people that are chimeras who have two different sets of DNA. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen stories where mothers have done you know, DNA testing, and it says that they're not the mother. And they're like, no, I birthed these children. They're mine. 
mm-hmm. and it's because they're chimeras and they had two completely different sets of DNA. Yeah. I mean, there are anomalies in anatomy, physiology, and in medicine that aren't very common, but yeah. I'm not saying it's impossible. I, I, I think that the fact that this person matches the height, matches with the, the surgical implant and the femur, that's something that definitely has to be looked at, whether they say it's a male or not. I agree. There's more saying it is than, than saying it's not. Now, I mean, if if they were to take DNA from her siblings and say it's absolutely 100% not a match, then I'd be like, okay, that's really fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy who happened to be five foot five, which is very short for a male, happened to be dead and mummified in the same forest region where she was supposedly you know, disappeared from. With the same rod. Yeah, with the rod and the femur. That's just strange. <laughs> to the ultimate. <laughs> and that's a whole, that's a whole nother, you know, can of worms too. Because it's like, okay. Then who's this guy? Who fucking did this? <laughs> What's this one about? <laughs> I'm so tired. We're, we've been looking for her. Swear to God, I thought we had her. Who the fuck is this now? And see, and when I went on this, you know, Reddit rabbit hole, you know, there were different theories as to, you know, why she would do this. And one of the suggested theories that I saw, which makes a lot of sense, is, you know, what if she's bipolar? What if she was having a manic episode? It's a and just, big ass episode. Yeah, but people who are bipolar do that. They have manic episodes where they don't realize what they're doing. They have all this energy. I mean, she made it from North Carolina to Upper Washington in like three and a half days. So the estimation was that she drove at least 14 hours a day by herself across country. And But you can be perfectly sane and do that. You can. There are truckers. Uh, I, I, I'm completely aware. I drove straight through from Colorado to Indiana in 20 hours. And you're fine. Yeah. I had to get out and do jumping jacks and shit in the middle of February and wake myself up, but it can be done. But the fact that it was so impulsive, the fact that she just was like one day saying, I'll see you soon, sister. And yeah, I'll help you best friend do this babysitting job tomorrow. And the next day she's like, here's some cash. I'll be back in a month. And then hops in a car and drives all the way all the way across the fucking country, not just the other coast, all the way up to almost the fucking Canadian border. Because I looked at maps today, and she was literally like six miles from the Canadian border. Well, then maybe you're right and I'm wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I think I'm just saying this was a theory. I'm saying I think that you're more right than I am because I'm looking at this, and I'm not understanding this 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 line of logic. And I'm not saying my line of logic, my school of thought is correct. Because when we're going through this, I'm thinking, there's a, I'm thinking, okay, if you'd have just stayed in school, would this have happened? No, it would not have happened. You would have stayed in school and you would have been at school. You would not have been on the other side of the fucking country. This would not have happened. And I mean, and she's in that age, age group where if someone is bipolar, that's when you start really seeing these manic breaks. I mean, where people... Where have been known to where people say, "Oh, we should have seen this sooner." They do <laughs> crazy shit, or they assault people, or even kill people because they're in a manic episode, or they get killed themselves by 
other people or cops because they're doing crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, people that completely become unhinged in that moment. And if she had the, you know, the breakaway from reality or, I mean, I don't know if I'm describing this right because I'm not a psychologist, but if she had this manic episode where she was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fucking do it. Here's some money. Here's my cat. I'm going. And just fucking took off because in her mind, that was the greatest idea ever. But it really was just her bipolar at its manic episode. I can yeah. see that. Um, so, yeah, that was that was one of the theories I saw. I don't really know. I mean, even if you really want to do something and you are impulsive, I don't know that you would at 21 or 22 hop in a car and willingly drive by yourself from coast to coast with your cat, your kitten in a fucking cat carrier for almost four days. It, it doesn't make I'm, sense to me. I'm actually, leaning, I'm leaning towards a bipolar thing because it'd be like if I'm, if, if I study law and I'm about to take the bar exam, but I come home and I told you that I read where the red fern grows and I'm going to get some dogs and I'm going to go to the fucking woods <laughs> you know, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. And that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at in my head. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong? Why would you do this? To where one day you're like, okay, everything I did, fuck it. There's a road and there's a car and I'm doing it. And and everybody, and not everybody, but like me from the outside looking in, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why would you do it? Why? Your cat will be okay for six more months. The world will be okay for six more months. You started this. You can finish it. And then go do whatever it is you want to fucking do. Mm-hmm. You know, like if, if if I go to MIT and I want to be a, an engineer, but I come home and I'm like, I read Stephen King's Christine and I'm really digging a car. You'd be like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's where because I'm if at. She but had these... If it's bipolar and it's an episode. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That makes sense. But regardless of why she did it. Then there's the question of, well, what the hell happened to her? That's the thing. The fact that the car most likely, according to, you know, what was found, was a staged wreck. The fact that there were fucking sheets and clothing and shit hanging from the windows and the trees. Okay, so was she... In the car and actually got injured and she felt she had to, she couldn't get out of the car or couldn't get anywhere to get help. So she felt she had to like camp out there or did some just random hobo on this country road in upstate Washington come across me like, hey, that's a good place to camp out. But then all this stuff is just laying around. $2,500 $2,500 just laying in a pair of pants. That's another thing, too. Nothing was taken. Uh, the fucking engagement ring, which everyone says she would not have taken off willingly. I can't imagine a ring just... I mean, I suppose if it was a loose ring and didn't fit you well, flying off in, you know, a wreck or rollover or something. But it's found underneath a fucking car mat. So did she take it off to try and hide it from someone? Was she like... Well, you know, they may take everything else, but they're not getting my mom's ring. And so she stuffed it under the mat. They didn't take the other things. Yeah, that's that's what's weird. Is if something did happen to her 
you know, where there's foul play, obviously robbery was not a motive. They didn't take any of her possessions that would have been worth something. Why, why do you have $2,500 in your fucking pants to begin with? I've never seen $2,500. <laughs> okay, I have a question. Uh-huh. Was Barry even real, you think? Well, according to the investigators, they found this guy. I don't... They've never not released whether his name was actually Barry or not. But I mean, this ain't some Tyler Durden shit. They've supposedly found this guy who was hanging out in Canada, so they don't know if he was, you know, trying to avoid the situation or if he went up there for some other reason, but they've supposedly tracked this guy down and his prints and DNA didn't match. Okay. I mean, the fingerprint they found under the hood could have been, you know, a mechanic that worked on her car two years ago and the fingerprint just still happened to be there. So if this was staged, why even cut the story really where? That's the thing is they would do that so that they could accelerate the car without having to push on the gas, which means they could have rolled the car down the hill without having to have someone in the car pushing on the gas. So it, it was that a, would have been the purpose of faking the wreck. It was an easier it, that's easier than putting a brick on the gas pedal. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you wouldn't have the evidence that there was a brick on the gas pedal. You would just cut the starter wire, roll the car, and it goes down this slope because they did say that it was found like at the bottom of an embankment down a slope. Just roll the car down. It goes into the trees. It rolls over. But like I said, there wasn't blood found in the car. There wasn't shattered glass like what you would expect if someone like smashed their head against a window or the windshield. Or just the impact of rolling would shatter glass. But it wasn't like an impact from like a body part. You know, you can shatter the windshield and it just spider webs or whatever, but there's not an actual impact mark. Like Uh something specifically hit that one spot and then it shattered out from there. They couldn't find any evidence that anyone was in the vehicle when it rolled over. You would expect to see blood or something, hair. You know what I would expect to see? A dead cat in a cage. They found the carrier and cat food. there's no cat. And no cat. I can't see a cat surviving a rollover like that, and then you open it up and be like, "Go be free." Mm-hmm. Car don't work no more. Yeah, kind of thing. Strange, very strange. Really, I'm not even trying to make a joke, but there's actually two disappearances. Where's yeah. the fucking cat? Where's the cat? Where's B? She did it. Fucking uh, what did I say from the beginning? <laughs> and you know, another thing that was brought up in the Reddit is. Going back to the bipolar thing is the people that they talked to in the restaurant and stuff, they said that she talked about her life, what she was doing, about Jack Kerouac. She shared a lot more information with strangers than what people in a normal state of mind would share. I disagree. How so? That happens every goddamn day at work. <laughs> but not just they a stranger you sit down next to at a restaurant. No, I mean, like, there's people I don't even know that I don't even recognize I've never seen in my life, and they tell me so much shit. True. And I'm sitting here like, why are you, I'm a stranger, why are you telling me this? Like, I wouldn't, you're telling me stuff I wouldn't tell my mom. Why are you telling me this type of shit? Well, and then that lends to, well, if she was sharing this much information, people knew that she was alone. They knew she probably had money because she was traveling a long distance by herself. She would have been a prime victim. But they didn't take the money. They didn't take the ring. They didn't take her CDs, her guitar. 
And then they trashed her vehicle that they could have used, you know, to drive around in. So either she was in the Jeep, she did wreck, she wandered, and... Would have had to have been. She succumbed to the elements. She would have had to have succumbed to the elements given the fact that she was mummified. If that was her. It was her. I'm not saying... I'm not trying to declare a woman dead, but... It's the rod and the thigh that it was the same batch, really. And for there to be a five foot five male. They're out there. There's there's some, but what are the odds that an adult male, they're saying this was a completely adult male, 33 to 55. That's what strikes me as odd is they aged this person at least 10 years older than her. I bet there are millions of men out there who are five foot five, but how many men are five foot five in the woods that she disappeared at that time with With a a rod in their leg? With a rod in their leg. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they found her. It's possible. Which is sad. I mean, that's sad. I mean, it's sad, but at least if they knew it was her, if they had some way to verify, yeah, you'd have some kind of closure. And I mean, and... At least her sister was wise enough to say, no, store her car, because then they never would have found the male DNA that they could possibly match to someone later on. The fingerprint that they possibly could have matched someone later on. Yeah. The fact that all this stuff was found years later, that they didn't bother even checking the first time. I don't know. The whole thing's fucking weird. Yeah. I I would fully believe that maybe she had... Some type of um, mental illness may be going on, maybe bipolar, maybe something else that prompted her to get in the car and do this, drive across the country. But I don't know that I believe that she rolled over in the Jeep and wandered out and or oh, succumbed to the elements. Erica, come on. But then who read, fucking camped out in her Jeep? Erica, what I'm saying is, is you got to read a book. She got out of the car. And opened a fucking cat cage and was like, be free, B. And then. <laughs> I, I, well, the cat cage could have come open when it rolled over, for all we know. So far, I think. But who the fuck camped out in the Jeep? Why is there shit hanging in the windows and stuff like someone slept there? I don't know. You said it was right by the border. I don't know. Maybe somebody camped out waiting to cross over. Could have been Blair. We don't know where Blair is to this day. Yeah, we do. Yeah, Blair. we do. He he's died. Dead. He's very yeah, dead. He's very dead. God, he's so dead. With all that platinum laying around. He was a baller, yo. Why didn't they take his platinum? They didn't take his platinum. Or his multiple currencies that he had or of her, money. Or her ring or her money. $2,500. Yeah. Who has that? A lot of people do. Not us, though. Not us. No. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where it's a weird mathematical equation. The answer's in front of us and we just aren't seeing it or something. There's an answer like if it's ever solved and the and the details are put out, we'll be like, oh, okay. We just we just aren't seeing it right now. Face palm. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> one of those, why didn't I think of that type of type of issues? Well, if any of you guys have any information there is a Facebook page that's called Help Find Leah Toby Roberts on Facebook. And the last number I could find, there was a detective sergeant of the Whatcom County Sheriff's Office 
It's at 360-778-6600 or the Whatcom Communication Dispatch Center at 360-676-6711. That's if you have any information about the disappearance of Leah Roberts, contact them and uh, let them know. I don't know that anybody out there will ever have any information. It could just be a case where she got into a wreck and wandered out. I personally think that's kind of unlikely. I think maybe she was targeted because of her being by herself traveling. But uh, if you do have any information, let the sheriff's office know. And maybe someday we'll get a resolution to this case. Yeah. I don't know. The whole thing's fucking weird. Yeah, you know, I don't know why I thought of this, but maybe it, it was all set up to look like that because maybe she was targeted for something. And all this happened and it was set up. Kind of like a hitman. Actually, the book, Hitman. I don't even know if you can get it anymore. Probably like, not. Like the Anarchist Cookbook and everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's one of those books. It's a fictional story, but it's also kind of an instructional guide on what you should do type of thing. This podcast is for educational purposes only. And it's, it's a story about a hitman who goes in... Fulfills his contract and then ransacks the place and makes it like a robbery that just went bad. Whole time it was never a robbery. Maybe it was one of those things where, you know, God forbid this happened. She's dead. And they were like, okay, roll the car around. Roll it down this. What about the cat? Let the cat go. And and it was like, okay, uh, what do we do now? You know what? Fucking put clothes up and a clothesline. Maybe and make, they kept the cat. Make it look like a campsite or something. They'll be, they'll be, they'll be thinking about this for fucking years. And cars running. Let's go. Maybe it's something like that. I don't know. At this point, that could be a theory. Anything could be a theory. I could say aliens got her, and then got tired of it and dropped her off, and then she died. That is a theory. Nobody knows. Which and there's is, allegedly been sightings of her all around the U.S., but, you know, you see pictures all the time of people that stumble across their lookalike, their doppelganger. Sure. I mean... I mean, fuck's sakes, me, you, and any listener out there, you get a new car, as soon as you get a new car, you see a hundred other cars in your city that look just like yours. Mm-hmm. You know, it could have been anything. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. whole thing's fucking weird. The fucking. The fucking. Alright, guys, thanks for hanging in for that one. If you liked what you oh, heard. Oh, shit, I never told the listeners to tune back in. Kate, this was a big ass apology, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Kate. Sorry, okay, Kate. you guys are okay to tune back in. <laughs> Alright, start now. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please get on iTunes. Leave us that five-star rating and review. Really helps the the visibility of the show. Helps move us up in the rankings. So maybe one day we can be big boys like other big podcasters. Maybe. Check out all the podcasts on Murderly. Yes, of course. Show all the podcasts on Murderly some love. There actually happen to be a lot of them that I personally listen to. So check them out. Give them some love. I'm sure they would appreciate it. Get some flow over from another show. And if you haven't listened to Inner Bliss yet, what are you doing? Yeah, go do that. And we will be getting our crossover episode done at some point. We promise, Kate. 
We'll do it. Swear to God. <laughs> Actually, at this point, I don't even know if we should promise. We seem to jinx ourselves when we do that shit. <laughs> even if we have to do it in fucking Chicago next year we're at gonna, the True Crime Podcast Festival. We're going to do our best. We will do it. Make sure you guys go get your tickets for that. I've put in the promos. Told you guys about it. Now it's your duty to do it. I said duty. He really did. I did. And of course, like we mentioned before, check us out on all the social media. Martinis the Macabre. Facebook, Instagram, Martini underscore Macabre on Twitter. Friends who like Martinis the Macabre is our fan base page on Facebook. Go check them all out. Share, like, subscribe, follow, whatever you gotta do. So yeah, and uh, if you like the music at the end of each episode for Minimus Noah, we'll be putting another one at the end of this episode. You can find his album, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, lots of other music providers. It's called Views. Check him out. Support a truly independent artist and go listen to his shit. You can find us at martinisandmacabre.com to learn a little bit about us. Listen to all of our podcast episodes. We got a full catalog in there for you. All the music that we play on the show. It's all there for you. Go check it out. And if you want to be a major baller and help support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash macabre. Give us a buck or two. It really helps us out. It's helping us with upgrading equipment, buying more equipment, soundproofing, paying internet fees and all that jazz. And we want to thank all of our major baller patrons, such as Amy Barton, our big time baller. Uh, we also want to thank Bonnie Lee, uh, Bridget, Cooper, Corey, Donald, Holly, Hunter, Kate, Kitty Kitty Fluff Fluff. Well, I love that. Which is uh, Karina, Christy, Marie Maxime, Molly S, Molly W, Stephen, Sue, and our newest patron, Grace. Thank you so much. We and love you. She's from all the way in Belfast. Hi, Belfast. Hi, Belfast Grace. Thank you so much. Mwah. We will be sending you a sticker soon. So, uh, yeah, if you guys want to donate to our Patreon, we would so super appreciate it. You guys would, like, have our undying love for, like, ever. Because it's undying. So that means it doesn't die. So it's, that, like, forever. That's the forever part. So, yeah, you can do that. Or if you would prefer to make a one-time donation in the amount of your choosing, you can uh, now donate via PayPal. It is on the homepage of our website underneath the Patreon links. Just click on the button. Give us some dough. We'll pay you back with our angelic voices. Yours. Mine. Yep. And Billy's. I'm here. He's here. Showed up. He did. All right, you guys, I think that's about it. We've tried to mishmash this whole thing together, and hopefully it came out okay for you guys. We appreciate you listening, sticking with us. And uh, with all that said, thanks for listening. Stay safe, Snuggle Bunnies. And Bye. we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.
Ah, oh, fucking vulva.